welcome to our series, Artist Talks, where we host unscripted conversations with contemporary photographers on how they capture ideas, meet creative challenges, and discover resources. We will also be talking with all those who support artists, including curators, nonprofit directors, and arts organizations. Be sure to look at our episode notes for hyperlinks to each artist's inspiration and resources. Um, welcome to our first artist talk. I am so excited to be in this studio with Jana Cipriano, and we are in Lowell, Massachusetts. And um, it's really hard because I actually want to jump behind the couch that I'm sitting on and try on a lot of the costumes because we have a wall of them. Well, we have lots of rolling racks. And if you have followed Jana, you know her explosive creativity, which is why I'm here. Um, but just to back it up, we met at the New England Portfolio Reviews. Um, what? 2019 maybe maybe 2020 because of covid you did come to my studio but it was that summer mm -hmm. okay so it was then um so we met virtually mm -hmm. and when i saw her work i uh basically said okay this is very realized let's talk um and then she came to my studio with a plethora of material so awesome and basically, I met my um, creative powerhouse match because she moves at a lightning speed on a lot of levels. So that's why I'm here to kind of unpack your process. Um, and as I said, our focus is to look at like how you gather your ideas, foster your ideas, implement them. Um, I want to touch on what are some of the challenges because I know you have leaped over several and um some of the resources like what you found i think one of the things that i was really excited about was your interest and awareness that you are and want to be in an ecosystem of people mm -hmm. that you really build community i think i i think i knew that as we spoke but then as i've watched over the last two years you've kind of hit it out of the park so Tell us, back us up, and, and how did you get where you are? And you moved from Somerville to Lowell for more space, but you're expressing yourself in stills and film, I would say, at a breakneck speed. So break it down. How do, how do you do this? I have a lot to say, I guess. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I mean, so I, I studied photography um, in school, and I was very married to the idea of documenting reality as it is. And so I studied photojournalism, I studied documentary photography, because I thought that an image had to be in reality to be real. And then when I was in my mid-20s, I think that's like a really turbulent time for a lot of people. And it just wasn't cutting it taking pictures of what was happening because something that I couldn't see was like also happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of called me to make spaces, which was something I was really avoiding for a long time. Like we say, Gregory Crudson in school and his work. And I was like, I'm oh, like, that's cool. But you know, like who would do something like that? Like that's not a real photograph. 
you know, which is silly. It was back, you know, that's so silly of me to think that. Um, so I started creating spaces to document what I was feeling inside instead of waiting to find the perfect thing to show it. That's so interesting because, okay, this goes into my background in terms of uh, when I was a social worker. So I'm quite interested in you needed to give yourself permission to do that. I almost hear yeah. two things happening that you were using kind of the canon of photography to identify what's real or worthy, et cetera. And you were on one camp and something let you open the door to go into another. Do you, did you feel that? Or, I mean, it's, it feels like it opened a portal. It's very Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> you went down the rabbit hole yeah. and you have not stopped making Wonderlands. That is true. Yeah, no, that's very true. It, it very much was like a giving my self permission to do it because it didn't, like I said, it didn't feel real for some reason. Like it, it, it felt like I was, I was straying from like the truth of the craft. I don't, I don't know where these ideas come from. But it was cool because actually what you're saying is a little bit like to be real, your, your photographs had to be based in reality. And then all of a sudden, I think it sounds like you gave worth to your reality mm. and said, no, this is, this is real. Right. Let me use this craft basically in service to it. It's like you got in the driver's seat. Absolutely. Yeah, I really, I think in that period of time in my life, my life felt very out of control. And so documenting it, like it, it didn't give me any more control, but creating spaces then made me feel like, I was like, okay, now I, I have a little bit of control over how I see and how I feel and how I'm communicating this. That must've been a fascinating, fun and terrifying. Yeah. And all at the same time. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> What do you think? Like you, I mean, I'm sitting next to a burning. I mean, I can still smell it. It's all <laughs> in ashes, which reflects a reality that you actually had a fire in your home. Yes. So it sounds like once you opened the door to visualize some of what I may be jumping ahead and I don't want to label, but is trauma history mm -hmm. you had? aspects, incidents, experiences, memories, whatever, that kind of fed mm -hmm. of, of um, imagination or yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, when I started building spaces, there really was this like explosion. It was five years ago and I got out of like a, a really horrible controlling relationship with somebody who was like developing really serious mental illness issues and and really you know like kept me confined and afraid and it was this really awful space I was in and these two things really coincided like as soon as I got out of that relationship it was like I exploded mm -hmm. like I had so much energy and I had so many ideas and I had been doing a little bit of this when I was with him but it was like confusing and I, I didn't really know where it was going and you know he was not very supportive and was like and eh, like this isn't real talk you know what I mean mm -hmm. Um, and so when that relationship ended, it was just this explosion. And I was like, I have so much to say about this space that I was just confined in and words just don't do it justice because it was so, it, this relationship, like it, it fed on 
certain traumas that I had growing up, which is how you end up in a situation like that. It's how you end up like so deep in something like that and how you allow yourself to keep going, thinking you're going in the right direction. And then it turns out you've been going in the wrong direction and how to back that up and still, you know, like love yourself and be like, it's okay. Like we made a mistake, but we could keep moving forward. So those were a lot of things that, and at the time I, I didn't have any verbal language for it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, the only thing I could do is create images about this and I have to create the spaces to create those images. So I'm just going to start creating spaces. It's so interesting that you, you create this space because it's really a parallel process to the space you are allowing to happen in yourself and then in your exterior life. And then it steered your career. What I love about that is it's super organic mm. and it is process run. You weren't looking for a product. Actually, you let go of looking at the product. Right. And that was your, that was your ticket to freedom. Yeah. It was kind of a bonus when, like, I remember showing early versions of this work to one of my teachers from school. And he was like, this is awesome. He was like, you have to be, so that I can tell you, you've been thinking about this nonstop. And that was kind of like a bonus. I was like, oh, other people like this? Like, that's so cool. Like, I just, <laughs> I just like can't stop doing it. So like a bonus that other people dig it too. I actually think that's what happened in our review where I was like, damn. And you're like, you get this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I totally do. <laughs> like, it was not, you know, I still remember um, some of the things that came through is you're holding almost a, um, a chain, but it's actually almost like mylar. It's like a very light balloon. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all this metaphorical business and your use of color is crazy. Like kaleidoscope. You just don't shy from any of it. And then um, I think you talk about how you love making a mess. Me too. I mean, <laughs> Lord knows I've watched it. Unbelievable. <laughs> but also some of um, my favorites are like when you put the um, candles on the end of your fingers. Mm -hmm. And then, so I've got lots of questions. But so <laughs> I'll back up and try to remember them. Um, where do you um, capture your ideas? Are you writing them, sketching them, talking them into an iPhone? Mm, I've just the summer started sketching them a little bit. I shied away from that for a long time because I felt like, obviously I, I, I make images, I don't draw them because I don't feel like I'm great at drawing, you know? But now I realize like all I have to do is communicate with myself, so mm -hmm. that's good. But I, a lot of times I don't, I guess I, yeah, okay. So I do write them down, I do write them down, but it's a lot of the ideas really like, they don't, I don't sit down and like brainstorm things. They really like come, Oftentimes they come like if I'm driving or I'm in the shower, like in the worst possible place, you have nothing to act like. I just got a shower notepad because I was like, I can't keep like leaving the shower, like trailing water. Oh, I'll put that as a resource wherever you got your shower. Yeah. Capture it. Because that, that's a really important place. People do mm -hmm. a lot of good thinking. It actually, creativity wise and how you study neuroscience, it mm -hmm. is our spaces like that that free up that open portals. Oh, good. No, no, uh -huh. totally like scientifically based yeah i'm oh, great well right. you had so many i honestly thought you've got to be writing these down and prioritizing them but it doesn't sound like that it sounds like you one leads you to another very much like a hansel and gretel kind of kind of there's i and my friends can vouch for this too where they'll be like you seem like you're kind of full up on stuff right now like why are you doing that right now like why did you start this project and i'm like because it it just came and i couldn't say no to it you know, you sound a lot like when 
you speak with authors of fiction that they have this relationship with the characters in their head. And um, I had one friend that was stuck in her book and, um, and I said, well, what if you just walked and talked? And she was like, I never thought about that. And it's like, you know, go for a walk with this fictional character. Yeah. Um, but you do that with your ideas, which is a really freeing thing. Um, and do you find with your spaces that one leads to another? Like, that's the sense I get, mm -hmm. but I couldn't decide because yeah. I hadn't spoken to you about it, whether you craft any of that. Because like when I go through, like, I think I met you at the point where many of your pieces were first still photography, you've gotten mm -hmm. way more into video, um, but that were, they really, if I could say, were about you finding you. They were very autobiographical. They were historically like inspired or um, connected somewhat. But you were definitely pushing out. And then I feel like you got to a place where it was uneven related to reality as much as it was related yeah. to like just go that like honestly I feel like you got like it's gonna be really weird I think and I think too physically and metaphorically but it's like as if you got on a magic carpet and you started to follow a feeling mm -hmm. instead of anything connected with like this is my life or this house burnt or whatever mm -hmm. like it's the feeling is what you're like riffing on yeah I really trust myself now too like I think before it was a lot like well why would I do this you know, who am I doing this for? Like, what is this going to communicate? How's it going to look in the end? And now it's just like, I feel like doing this. And yeah, well, now you're, and well, okay. I think you gave yourself validation, but I think you're getting validation. I think yeah. that brings in the community because how you worked with multiple artists. Mm -hmm. So how did you build that? Or what was that like to realize? I mean, first of all, we have to back up and say like, you are a handy person, like on steroids. And I think you just did that in your own life. Like mm -hmm. you're like, you know, you actually love problems and how to solve them physically. And like, you know, you should like have a Home Depot, like special card for <laughs> what, like you use just all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, very, you know, like you come with your own power tools to yeah. anything. So you had that skill. But somehow you have, it seems, gathered others. I'm not sure what you're sparking because you put them to work. Like, oh my God, when you, what is that thing that you did with like a thousand light bulbs? Like you oh, get into stuff that is so detailed that I would be like, really? I'm going to go for a coffee and I'm going to come back. I don't want to put in a thousand light bulbs in here. Like you do something super repetitive. Mm -hmm. And you get all these other people excited and along for the ride. So how do I do that? that? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I like to try and figure out what, so everybody likes to do something different. <laughs> yep. I happen to like to do kind of insane things. So I have found a few people who I feel like also really love a challenge and really like insane things, um, which I'm super grateful for them because I'm like, my friend Lucas, I'm always like the light walls. Like I was like, we're gonna drill eighteen hundred holes, and oh he was God. like, "All right, let's like." We were psyched, and my, like my our 
the next day I was like, do you feel bad? He's like, I feel horrible. I was oh. like, yeah, like my back is oh. twisted, but not everyone is like that. So I try and figure out like, what do people want to learn? Like, what are they really good at? Like, what's going to make them happy? And then I try and build a team where everyone is at least doing mostly what it is mm-hmm. they enjoy to do. Because I've found, especially with working with the same people for a long time, I kind of know now, like, oh, they're not going to want to drill 1800 holes. They're well, not going to want hey, that. Uh, excuse me, but how do you go from like, let's do a thousand to 1800? Like, <laughs> like, sorry, but like, couldn't we scale a model? Like, what happened? <laughs> um, we needed two. Well, actually, I wanted to do even more. I wanted to do three walls. So whatever, it would have been 1800 plus 800 more, 1600 plus eight, it would have been 2400, I guess. And they were like, we're not doing three walls. And I was like, okay, okay. They do, they do sometimes, like they'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Wow. Well, because I have really, really enjoyed what you're doing on video because you are bringing us along for the ride. So how did that layer evolve? Sure. Yeah. I think it's, I, I would like to see people's processes. I think that's really important. It's a thing that's really inspired me is watching how other people work. Um, Cause I think as soon as you see something done. That's right. We are, we are in an industrial space and it, gone. it will, it sounds like somebody's walking something down the hall. Usually. Yeah. Right. They did it. There you go. There you go. Okay, good. I'll get yeah. off while we're all go ahead well we're disrupted where were we you were talking about when they try to reel you in mm-hmm. yeah oh we were talking about the videos the problem oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah jump to the video the process videos yeah i think it's important to see how other people work i got really lucky when i started building this stuff that i was i was working a job at an industrial plant and there were these two older mechanics, these really, and they were really nice guys. And so I had no experience building stuff. This was like five years ago. And I was like, I want to fix machines. Like I want to use power tools. And they were like, okay, no problem. And so they just let me follow them around and just watch everything they did. Like it was probably so annoying. Like I was over their shoulder, you know, like six inches from their neck. Like, what are you doing? What tools are those? Like, how are you making that? You know? And they were just so nice to me. They're like, well, this is a 10 millimeter wrench and you used this and you used like, so, you know, and without that, I feel like, I don't know if I would have had, I don't know if I would have gotten as quickly to where I am, you know? So I think it's important to have other people like open up space for you to be like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm doing it. And I'm not, I don't, and I'm not doing it like, cause I have a degree in this. I'm just doing it. Cause like I woke up and was like, yeah, I bet I could do that. Mm-hmm. But then you really took on projects like you did that for hire too Mm -hmm. which is amazing I mean I just remember seeing some of your process videos so to be like oh I'm gonna make this a studio space for somebody and you like did floors walls and yeah I accidentally started a handyman business for a year wow it was nice it's fun I really I like it I fixed some plumbing and did some like electrical work and fixed some pipes and I don't know it's fun Well, I love that that fed into what you're able to do now. I mean, you were basically crafting your next step without really realizing it. Yeah. That's incredible. So the spaces that I'm interested in hearing about too are, I don't know whether your videos are chronological so that what I'm seeing is actually 
what's happening now or if you intersperse them or collect them and put them out in pretty so there's a small space that you created like the a tiny room? room yeah yeah so was that recent yeah there the walls are hiding over there well, okay um, there's a couple of different walls but is it the one straight are, ahead those that's the floor and that big one is the roof and then the actual walls are like way back there got it yeah so tell us why like it's even so what instigated the tiny room i've always been fascinated with like sizes and stuff I've, i have a lot of oversized props and i have a lot of like miniature props and i've always wanted to build a tiny room so i just pitched it to the team this summer i was like let's build a tiny room and everyone's like that sounds like fun i was like great let me build a tiny room <laughs> how did you come up with those dimensions i just looked at some i looked at a lot of images of alice in wonderland online i am so feeling alice yeah not funny because it's like <laughs> You really, and it's ironic, but I am actually doing a project on Alice in Wonderland. So I, I probably have like five different books of Alice in Wonderland, but I also started to collect like where Dali interpreted Alice in Wonderland oh. and mid-century modern and not that you need any more inspiration, but I have oh, a I lot love, that I love because that's something I love in terms of concept aware. You take one aspect and have it be seen through all these different lenses and it's fascinating so yeah so because all when you talk or when i've seen what you've done you are on the alice in wonderland where stuff like grows and shrinks mm -hmm. and you shrink and grow and like your your actual um relationship yeah. that things and perspective keeps changing well when i was a teenager i'm when i was a teenager i was on a i was very over medicated for issues that i was misdiagnosed with mm. so i was on a lot of like yeah i was had a very bad like na literally 90 year old like male psychiatrist who would just like writing scripts um mm. so i'm not sure if it was because of the medication or something else but there's something called alice in wonderland syndrome mm. they don't know if it's like migraines or seizures i think it was like a weird side effect of coming off all the medication but it's where like you will be going about your day-to-day -day life and you will suddenly feel as if you have grown or shrunk wow it doesn't happen to me anymore it hasn't happened in like five years but when i was like 18 19 20 it would happen to me all like i would stand up from my desk and i would duck like mm -hmm. feeling like my head was going to hit like weird stuff or you'd be sitting in the mall and the mall, like it would feel like the mall just like grew and you were like, oh, I'm very small now. Mm -hmm. So it's a thing that it feel really intimately, not only like emotionally, because there's so many metaphors you can put in that space, but like physically yeah. have experienced that too. That's fascinating. You're bringing me back uh, probably two decades ago. Um, I was on set where we made a very... I called it Lilliputian and it was actually a small space that made no sense so that the walls came down into a smaller area and then we we put little two and three-year-olds in there so it was really fun uh one of them was my son was to play with size and and perspective mm -hmm. like that but you have had a very physical I mean maybe some of us have it in dreaming or or even fever dreams yes. or something like that but wow that's so interesting so how is the small room playing out for you is it making some other ideas um clearer or 
Yeah, it makes me want to make a smaller room. Okay, small rooms too big. I was like, this is a very big small room. I think I have to make a smaller room. Yeah, actually, when I see the roof, I'm like, okay, that is pretty big. But I mean, when I see it on video, I know you get to the corner. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm interested that I, I don't think it's surprising that now that you've navigated this small room, you would take it to another degree of mm-hmm. like how small can I? How can I really cramp myself? Because I was like, I really don't feel very cramped in here. I really thought I'd feel, there's obviously like you kind of lose some movements you can do in the space, but I was like, oh, this space actually feels very like calm and comforting, which is not what I thought. I thought it would feel much worse than that. So now I kind of want to make a space that feels worse. Interesting. Do you feel you're led by your discomfort? Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't really know how to follow comfort. It's kind of like a surprise when like I, like I got in that space when we were shooting and I was like, it feels really nice in here. And Lucas was like, yeah, it does. So he's like, I can nap in here. I was like, no. Okay, this isn't working. Yeah. Like, what did we do? How did we do that? That's so interesting. I mean, I think I talk a lot about getting comfortable with your discomfort. Mm-hmm. So you are at an advantage of you're very comfortable in that space. Yeah. I think so interesting. It was, it's been a tough thing for me just in daily life to, to deal with being uncomfortable as I'm sure it is Mm -hmm. for so many people. Um, And I used to have a tendency to sit in it Mm -hmm. in in an unhealthy way. Like my therapist was always like, she's like, I tell other people to sit in their stuff and you need to like, get up, go. Like you are spending way too much time just like thinking about it. Like, what are you doing? So I find working with my discomfort helps me move through Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I kind of heard that in the sense that once you started to make spaces, that was actually on some level therapeutic. Yep. Was discharging a lot of other stuff. Um, I think that's wonderful that this is now opening space. Like when you had your Griffin show um, and you're starting to engage in a larger cultural conversation. Like, how is that? Are you purposely or consciously promoting that or seeking that a cultural conversation about meaning that you put your work out in public in a way that then it becomes part of our visual culture so if you're in an exhibition or um uh part of what people are engaging with then that's going to be the conversation right you're bringing aspects to a larger audience i'm so happy to do that i think when I was younger, I never saw my exact like internal and emotional experience anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of assumed that everything I felt and thought was like bad or wrong mm-hmm. or like I just wasn't on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had maybe seen work like this or heard someone talking about this stuff, that may have been comforting to me. Absolutely. The whole idea of representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much discussion. I'm in the middle. I'm reading um, Justin Curlin's book, Scum, mm. which is really outrageously wonderful and talking so much about the violence of the male canon and the male gaze and what you just described when you had like, oh, I don't fit in there. You internalize that you somehow are on the wrong path. When it's mm-hmm. like, okay, wait a second. And I think we're getting a lot more Uh, in our visual culture conversation about that. I really love to amplify that work. And um, 
uh, I just juried something where I saw over 150 different people's work that I'm so uh, comforted by what people are grappling with. And um, I'm especially drawn to things around women's stories, uh, especially around motherhood. Uh, I was just looking at a project around postpartum depression, um, all these places that are absolutely normal, or I should say more common and are just not part of a conversation. Um, I actually just curated a show that is, it, it is literally called Till Death Do Us Part. We don't do well with grief culturally. Mm, no. And so a whole show on literally a couple that were together for 67 years, both in their 89th year, dying within months of each other. That's the meat of the work. Yeah. It was incredible. So powerful. It is. Um, so getting people to have those kind of conversations and be able to engage. So the fact that you're happy about it and it is happening, um, you've got things brewing you're not even able to share yet, which is awesome. So people have to stay hooked up to find out where you're going. But the idea that you are, what, what do you want to do with that space? I don't know. I was, I was talking with a friend recently about how when I was growing up, all like so many of the young adult books that I read were about they're about growing up but a lot of them are written from the male perspective about women growing up mm. and how I feel like that was so damaging for me for so long because I was like oh clearly my like pubescent experience and my coming of age isn't going right because I'm reading these books written by men about like 13 year old girls and like you're not you don't have that like you don't understand men have a different perspective when you're 13 and just how I feel like just now like I'm almost 30 I feel like I'm just like ripping myself out of that and allowing myself to be like whatever I want to be nobody has to you know like I don't have to look back towards those but I feel like that really set a roadmap for me mm -hmm. and it, it sure I grew up in a very like patriarchal male dominated like very Christian very conservative so that like male viewpoint was always there so the more like female viewpoint I can put into the world, I feel like, I think we don't have a lot of strong female characters in media. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do, they're just men. Like they act like men mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're just like a woman. Mm -hmm. I would like to see more representation of like what it actually means to be like a strong mm -hmm. female or non-male mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, not through a different lens or, frankly, put into those small spaces. Right. Right? I mean, I think it's so exciting to be, I mean, it's a very challenging time for sure. And if you think about the spaces women are being uh, forced into currently, at least in the United States and in lots of other countries, but uh, what do we do to not only reject it, um, but to counter it. And it's such a, um, uh, a natural thing to want to, uh, it's kind of like that kind of, I can't beat them, join them. So that's mm -hmm. where you get that woman in a suit that is right. like acting in a way that is within those confines. So how do you break it out? So in addition to the 
And maybe there's a reason why we're having such extremes at the moment culturally, but this idea of trying to put people in boxes, or I should say pushed down or go backwards, at the same time that we're having this expansion of so many binaries and a real like rejection of what can and can't be defined for a person. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. You know, I often talk about the fact that I think, I mean, this is kind of a lot to say, but the fact is that I think that a patriarchal view and control is is on its dying breath and we are witnessing such extreme behavior because of it. I just hope I get to live to the point where we see something else, but I don't know. But I also do think that that there's, it is like crazy behavior trying to Mm -hmm. hold on to what you thought you had. Um, So it's super interesting. So if we talk about, can you take a moment to just like touch on what Obviously, you used your own inner resources. You did have some outside supportive help, it sounds like, through therapy. You also reached to other people so you could do more with the time and the, you know, you can't move around half this stuff by yourself. Um, So what, where else do you go for resources? You met me at a portfolio review. You met your next opportunity through a portfolio Mm -hmm. review. Portfolio reviews are great. Yeah. What opened that door for you? The portfolio review? Yeah. Like you just, when did you know that you needed to do that or want to? You just get this feeling of, I get this feeling of of expansion, you know, where you're like, my current, what's holding me is too small and I need to open up the container and like, what is, what what's an easily accessible next step? Low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's easy. Yep. Just sign up and then you go. And it opens up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So are you looking at other resources? And what would you say? Like, I'm always looking at other resources. Moving away. (laughs) Yes, more all work. Yeah, I'm always looking at other resources. I love learning. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many great resources online. Um, I do a lot of business learning now. Um, Like if I felt I could afford it, I would probably go get like an MBA, but. It's also a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to merge the world of business and art, like I think that's, I think the world needs a lot more from art. And, and, I, and I think it needs more than just, not that there's anything wrong with just like doing your art and staying in your studio. That's incredible. But I think it needs some people to get out there and like, be like, this is not right. This is not fair. And like, stop buying up spaces and making condos, you know, mm-hmm. like we're losing some like film spaces because developers just want to make condos because the people who own those spaces don't they don't care about the film or they don't care about media or art they're just like what's the bottom line mm-hmm. as opposed to if someone who owned that space was more like artistically minded they'd be like okay maybe i can make you know 300 million dollars more or whatever but the space means something and it's still valuable and it's still making money so interesting so you're you're really um going into the art and commerce component of things i'd like to yeah like actually having financial literacy Mm -hmm. having financial uh flexibility um reciprocity Mm -hmm. um glad that's coming when it is because i think a lot of people really struggle with that Mm -hmm. Um, it's not easy it's not particularly fun either but it just kind of feels like a necessity at this point well it's super is i mean it's fun to think about like 
I know, I know people where their creativity is literally around commerce or moving money, right? So it's an interesting divide of like this old uh, idea of like a starving artist. There's also the whole canon of artists that were male that were supported by women that were also artists and they could not have done what they had done um without it um so yeah we have to have a a firm foundation and be part of conversations get a seat at the table right etc yeah absolutely yeah and to fight back like for spaces like this like not to make it all uh, condos on the river right. in industrial spaces, but yeah, the yeah. Arts and Business Council of Boston just bought this building oh. and secured it as studios like forever, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah, I mean, people. It's so interesting to know. I think, I think that we have so much um, more that is cooking that gets airtime um to try to support this i watched it happen actually in covid and small mm-hmm. businesses and uh, a friend of mine a uh, black woman business owner and what has happened in the last year and a half with real infrastructure support which is always what people needed right there's right. a collective voice right um, so that's super helpful um so what is a, a challenge that faces you now like do you have one? Or are you feeling like it's only a challenge? It's always a challenge. I, it's definitely space. It's definitely space for me. I, everything I want to do is so big. I'm on scaling every idea I have down to fit my space and materials. So it's it's money, it's materials. It's you know what's interesting for you is um, Mass Mocha has a residency, and Mass Mocha is mm. flipping massive on scale. It's true. Check that out. Check them out. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Yeah. And I know that part of what Last Mocha has done too, and I did a little bit of this in Somerville during the pandemic, we projected, I projected an international video or women's work from around the world, six continents. And I projected it on the windows. I mean, I had a really big bank of windows. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what's really fun is when we find ways to um, surprise mm-hmm. and and be out, like going where people are. Because I think there is still a, a, a invisible wall to people walking into even galleries. Mm-hmm. I mean, and museums. Uh, it's like somehow I think there's a class issue. There's a lot of layers. Like I know I don't know enough about art to go see it. Mm, very thing. much yeah right? yeah i don't like that wool yeah all. yeah i'm very much like not that the rules at museum should be changed but like i want to go and touch things like oh my God. i really yeah. want to go yeah i want to go and touch it like that's the kind of work i want to create like i want work people can step on and come into and touch and get dirty and that's fine oh my god that is so good and i totally i've actually been in trouble for doing that because um, yeah i i understand that desire um that's an interesting thing because what you're telling me is space is what you're grappling with and then i think you're on the verge of more public interaction and so you're going to meet up with some stuff that gets 
parameters put on it where you want to push back. So right. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be a fun play. Yeah. Fun space to play in. Well, you definitely got the tools to do it. I'm not surprised or I won't be surprised. So one last question. Um, what feeds your inspiration? Like, do you, what are you reading? Are you looking at imagery? Are you watching film? Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be in this genre at all. Like mine, what feeds me is as much as I'm like obsessed with photography, there's other art forms that are actually really super important to me. So what about what feeds your a lot of it is like creative. What we talked about is like the process kind of feeds itself, you know, so it's staying in motion and staying open to ideas, like lets the ideas keep coming, which is really important. But then also we, I am consuming things all the time. So I, I do watch films. Like I really, it feels like there's honestly like a very narrow window of things that really get me that I come back to all the time. Like I love David Lynch's films. I love cartoons. Like I love Looney Tunes and old like nineties, like those Scooby-Doo, like the way these things are drawn. I really love those. Um, reading a lot of great books. I haven't really found any great fiction books this year, but reading a lot of books about creation. It's like uh -huh, gonna and about art and things like that so just trying to stay like fresh stay alive you know and we really keep bringing things in i one of the things i think i worry about a lot is that i will get so into making art that then my art will become self-referential to art and i want to make sure that what i am creating is about an experience say more that's excellent yeah I, I so i worry about like spending so much time in my studio and in what i'm working on that i i don't come up for air like i i don't come back to who i am and i don't keep having new experiences and meeting people and figuring out like like allowing my work to grow and then i'm just like you know like oh i love scooby-doo i could just keep making things mm -hmm. about scooby-doo like about cartoon art or like keep making spaces and they're smaller and they're houses and then i look back and it's been 30 years and it's like Gina did the same thing like over because even now like you look i can look back at my work and it's not a bad thing you can look back and you can be like oh there was that idea and i'm still kind of like doing that idea which i think is okay like you the, sometimes you have to grow through an idea to really get to the end of it. So I think that's okay. But I just want to make sure that as I work, I continue to grow as a person. Because it's very easy to just be like, I, I love creating things more than anything. Like I would sacrifice anything in my life to continue doing this. So it would be so easy to just do this and never look up. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I continue to look up. Yeah, that's so smart. I mean, you have really got good instincts. And it sounds like the um, looking up uh, does some threading with you and more people so that you don't lose that line to a larger conversation, as well as hearing what that conversation is, right? Like yeah. that's important. Mm -hmm. um, I do think um, I, I really love Carl Jung's way of thinking, and he talks about that we work in a spiral. And if you look at a shell, mm -hmm. you go around and around and around. I'm looking. <laughs> you have a perfect pinwheel right in front of me, sitting right next to us that does that on another scale. There you go. That, mm -hmm. right? So you're coming around and around and you get to a pinnacle. 
And it's really interesting. You can revisit, let's say, a concept, but you are different. All materials are different. Um, and it does take on a new thing. It's really fun to to watch. That's my vantage point. I get to to be along for the ride and see it. And it's so much easier to see it from outside. So much. Oh my God. I think if I had to describe what I am, I am like um, carabiners or the rope because um, I'm just putting in stops to say like, okay, cool. Like I know we're on this cliff, but like, let's get a read Mm -hmm. and how much further up or are we going over or, Mm. you know what I mean? You're able to um, bring it back. Because I actually, when I'm in my writing, I was working on a, on a paper and um, working at the museum school and here in Boston. And I went to the writing center and I'm like, okay, I'm completely like, blah, 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 blah. like I'm drowning in research. And the woman looked at me and she goes, yeah, you don't have a carabiner. And I'm like, wait, what? And she described it. She literally drew a picture, which I thought was awesome. She said, you are going down into the research without a point, a point of view or a premise. And then you just get lost in all the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And it is a rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And she's like, you girlfriend need to be able to climb out and then climb back in. And I've never forgotten that. That was super helpful in the work I was doing on that particular writing. Um, That's a great metaphor. Yeah, now I understand that um, a lot more. Um, so it's really interesting, isn't it? That we come to understanding after we're already doing it and it's kind of hindsight going, oh yeah. <laughs> like I was really weird. I got introduced once at the school of visual arts and, um, it was Katrina Eisman and she introduced me to this class and she said, Sibylla has been thinking about creativity her whole life. And I literally felt like someone had thrown a bucket of cold water on me. I was like, holy crap. Like, I have, like, why didn't I think of that? Like, it was literally like an awful moment. It was just like, wow, damn, you're right. And it was just so funny. Like, it didn't even register. So I get it, right? It's, it's important to have outside influence. I was just saying, <laughs> I was talking to a friend, yeah, about how I had a teacher tell me, like, three or four years ago, he was like, art is the most important thing in the world to you. So whatever it is you're doing outside of art, make sure you leave time to do your art and I was like yeah he's right it's the most important thing to me you know it's like but you don't consciously think of me sometimes you need someone to say it and you're like yeah yeah it's right yeah actually my whole concept aware framework is about that it's like I'm actually just making space and practices to shine light so that you are aware of it it's just like what happened to you I watched it I watched Mm -hmm. it I watched you get in the driver's seat and then boom, like race car driver, because you were in it. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to do is make people aware of those layers because it empowers them to be in their driver's seat, mm-hmm. not looking in all the rear view mirrors or at all the other cars, right? but like really be in their space. That's where the real creation happens. Exactly. You stop thinking about all the peripheral things and you're just like, something is pulling. Mm-hmm. it's a great feeling that is so cool I get it I get it and I'm so glad yeah like I felt it from I think our first meeting was on zoom and then I was glad when you came to my studio and it's really really fun to come to yours and I see that you 
I mean, you really utilize your space very, very well. And it's fun to look around and know that I see things that you did video in. <laughs> but I think your video practice is key. I think it's fantastic. I mean, are you, you're doing short end. I mean, I guess your film practice really led into your little snippet videos. Yeah, I love making films. I have to, it's just such a natural extension of photography for me. Yeah, well, I photos just get it. quiet and you need more noise. Like, I still love taking photos, but sometimes they're just quiet and you're like, what more to say here? So interesting. Well, I think you have a lot to say. I'm going to have <laughs> a big, I'm going to have a big, like, what do you call it? Like, it's not a megaphone. What do you do when you put it out your ear? I'm going to be listening. Yes. I'm going to have my ear to the ground to watch. I'm excited for what's happening for you in the fall. Thank you. And uh, too. I'll be there. And um, and I just love what you're doing, at least in the Instagram space to really engage people. So thank you for that. I think that's a real, um, it's got an educational value beyond what you can, like, I think you're, you are starting and, and um, formulating a conversation as you said, that you would love that, that you're getting the public to think about, like even the things that you do where you get messy or dirty or, or, or actually make something happen that you're like, wait, what? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you'll put blueberries all over this beautiful white dress, right? <laughs> and like smoosh them in and things like that. Like you're giving permission for other people to go through doors. Yeah. Yeah. It's work. Everyone needs a door open for them. People open doors for me, so. Right. No, obviously, I think it's so clear that more is more. There is enough for everyone. Absolutely. And there's not one road. So, yeah, glad you're part of that, that team. Me That's too. Great. Me too. So thank you for this time. Of course.